Hi everyone, I'm Beatrix and I'm your host of Health Hub. This podcast is an extension of the work we do at the Hybrid Lab, which stands for Healthcare Innovation, Bridging Research, Informatics, and Design at NYU Grossman School of Medicine. In each episode, we'll be speaking to inspiring leaders in healthcare innovation and digital health. The opinions expressed within the episodes are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Hybrid Lab, NYU Grossman School of Medicine, or its affiliates. Today's guest is Nina Singh. Nina is a third-year medical student at NYU Grossman School of Medicine, currently finishing up her research year at Hybrid Lab. Nina is brilliant in so many ways and has accomplished a lot this year. She's here to introduce us to the concept of digital minimalism and its application in healthcare. Let's get into it. Hi, Nina. Um, I'm so excited to have another Hybrid Lab team member on the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, amazing. So just for our listeners to get a better sense of who you are um, and why you know you came to Hybrid Lab, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Um, it's been an interesting journey to get to the Hybrid Lab. I actually started out as a biomedical engineering major in college, and I was super excited about the potential for technology to help make medicine better. I used to work on a lot of technology development projects, like creating an app to help cancer patients manage their medications. Um, I also, in medical school, spent a lot of time with the Tech for Health Institute, prototyping a sensor that can help detect whether transplanted hearts are being rejected. But my transition to medical school helped me realize that a lack of talented engineers is not the problem. The med tech space is exploding with new products right now that can do technically incredible things. However, most of these products aren't used clinically or are used very little, even the ones that are created by big tech companies that have previously had a lot of commercial success. And so I became really fascinated by the question of why this is. While I was going through med school, through clinical experiences and conversations with my colleagues, I learned that clinical days are already overscheduled with patient care, documentation, and a lot of administrative work. While engineers understandably think that their new technologies are going to disrupt medicine, doctors are just struggling with the burden that even simple technologies like sending messages back and forth from patients creates. And so as I've gone through medical school, I really wanted to figure out how to leverage technology to help patients without burning out providers. And it was this interest that led to my research research year right now with the hybrid lab where I design remote patient monitoring workflows that both patients and providers find fulfilling. Amazing. I feel like I just learned something new about you (laughs) as well. Um, I didn't know your journey here, so that's so awesome. Um, So I want, what I really want to talk about is that you just recently published a paper in the New England Journal of Medicine, just so people can hear, one of the (laughs) most prestigious journals. That's so, congratulations. Thank you. First of all, Um, amazing achievement. And the paper is titled Digital Minimalism, a Prescription for Clinician Burnout. So for our listeners who may not even know what digital minimalism means or what it is, can you tell us what is digital minimalism? Sure, yeah. So digital minimalism is a philosophy of technology use that argues for a more balanced approach to how we use technology. The philosophy was originally proposed by Cal Newport, who's a computer science professor and author 
who wrote the book Digital Minimalism. This book was originally kind of in response to how a lot of people were feeling that technologies that they originally adopted for one reason were making their lives actively worse. So for example, they may have originally decided to use Facebook or Instagram to stay in touch with their family and see baby pictures from their cousin, for example. <laughs> but they're increasingly finding that they're spending all of their time on these technologies and they're actually not interacting with people as much. And so digital minimalism was originally a response to kind of overuse of technology in people's personal lives. Mm -hmm. But it actually also applies to people's professional lives. And um, I think that looking at how digital minimalism applies to healthcare is especially helpful. So basically what the philosophy argues is that rather than categorically rejecting digital technology or endorsing our current maximalist approach to it, we should carefully consider whether and how each digital technology should be used. So the, the philosophy has three tenets, which are clutter is costly, optimization is vital, and intentionality is satisfying. And in the paper that I co-authored with Catherine Lawrence, Christine Sinsky, and Devin Mann, we talk about how digital minimalism can apply to healthcare. And can you give an example of how in your own life that you would practice digital minimalism? Yeah, so digital minimalism looks very different for every person who does it. And in the book originally, Cal Newport actually talks about kind of this approach called the digital declutter to help each mm. person figure out how to do it in their personal lives. Yeah. But for me, digital minimalism has kind of focused on in my free time, making sure that I'm not distracted by social media and other kind of communications technologies. And I'm really being more intentional about enjoying that time. Mm. So that can take the form of, for example, not using my phone at all for two hours after I wake up every morning. That sounds impossible, but <laughs> you're inspiring me. Yeah. Well, I'm an early riser. <laughs> and so that time um, is very peaceful, which is nice. Amazing. Um, or just like not using my phone when I'm walking from place to place and taking time to just enjoy nature and kind of make sure that I still have time to think my own thoughts and not always kind of be exposed to news and other digital communications. I love that. I've been trying to do that too when I'm walking. I sometimes have the urge to just like put on something mm -hmm. and I'm trying to just be in silence and enjoy that. Um, so that's very inspiring. Um, and so taking that approach into the healthcare context, um, why do you think we need a new way of thinking around digitization of healthcare? So the way that healthcare digitized was very haphazard compared to a lot of other fields, where I think that originally what would have been best is if we had built our um, digital technologies around things that improve the patient-physician relationship and really centered that in every decision that we made. Unfortunately, that's not really what happened, where a lot of other stakeholder stakeholders like insurance companies, for example, had a lot of say in the features that we built out and how we chose to implement technologies. Mm -hmm. And it resulted in this very bloated system where clinicians increasingly, like people in a lot of other professions, are now just getting bombarded with a lot of digital notifications and are dealing with these especially clunky user interfaces that really interrupt their relationship with their patients, unfortunately. Mm, and, and what's like an example, just to give a visual of um, a situation where a physician might feel overwhelmed? Um, is that through, you know, their phone, like they'll get a message on their phone? How does, how does it work? So the relationship that clinicians have with 
technology and with our <laughs> patients is very different from before now. For as you mentioned, for example, they're kind of always available since patients can now send patient portal messages at any time. We're seeing that, especially due to the pandemic, the rate of patient portal messages has risen so that it's now 157%. Wow. Yeah, of what it was before the <laughs> it's pandemic. It's big, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, and yeah. it just kind of has stabilized there after the pandemic, so this may be our new normal. But even mm-hmm. patient portal portal messages aside, just the work of working with the electronic health record mm. or the EHR is becoming increasingly unwieldy, mm. where we find that at this point, the, the length of the average patient record is actually half the length of Hamlet, which is Shakespeare's oh longest play. And so just <laughs> going through all of those notes and reviewing mm. a patient's chart before seeing them to make sure you really understand what's going on yeah. is becoming increasingly difficult because there are just so many things. It's impossible to review all of it in like the five minutes that you often have before seeing a patient. Right, right. And so we're also noticing that because of the way that we've implemented where we just kind of keep adding notes mm. similar to the way that we might have done it in an analog system before, we're not really leveraging the full power of technology to do things like mm-hmm. having edit ability or wiki style EHRs. And so we end up with just these really bloated patient records where at this point around 50% of it is just duplicated from previous notes and copied and pasted forward. Wow. And so it's not necessarily even useful or accurate information. Right, right. And this is a problem that we see especially in our length of notes as well where the US actually writes notes that are four times as longer than those in other countries. Uh, that are four times as long. In other yeah, as in other countries. Oh my goodness. Um, and a lot of this is just due to kind of medical legal documentation requirements that we've come mm. up with but may not be clinically necessary or useful. So you're saying there's like a lot of clutter that we may not need. So we want to to reduce that. We want to lower that percentage. So how can digital minimalism help do this? Um, Digital minimalism can help in healthcare by providing an alternate philosophy for our relationship with technology. Basically, it argues that instead of accepting new technologies just because they may provide some value to some stakeholder, Healthcare should carefully consider whether this new tool supports our central goal of caring for patients. And if so, this shouldn't lead to automatic adoption of the new tool, but should lead to a deeper discussion on how exactly we should deploy the tool. So for example, in the case of a new clinical decision support alert, we should think about how the alert should be designed, when it should fire, and for whom, rather than just kind of implementing an alert that fires constantly for people it doesn't apply to um, and ultimately gets tuned out because of alert burden. We should make sure that we're always thinking about how we can use technology so that the value is maximized while provider burden is minimized. Mm. And so I think that holding ourselves to high standards using the guiding tenets of digital minimalism, which are again clutter is costly, optimization is vital, and intentionality is satisfying, could really help improve the experience of using digital technology for all healthcare workers. Number three. Okay. So we got all our three tenants. Exactly. Um, so would you like to go into each one of those for yeah, us? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so we've talked a little bit about clutter is costly already, where we've mentioned that the EHR is very bloated. A lot of other technologies that are increasingly being implemented, like patient portal messages, are making it even more bloated, even mm-hmm. more cluttered. 
And so we can move into talking about optimization is vital and how we might take the technologies that we're using in medicine and optimize the way that we use them. Yeah. And essentially for optimization is vital, um, there are a lot of different ways that people have gone about this challenge in medicine. Although a lot of health systems are not necessarily formally adopting digital minimalism, um, since it's a philosophy that has yet to become um, common in healthcare, <laughs> there are a lot of efforts that have captured the spirit of digital minimalism mm. in terms of optimization is vital. And so, for example, Hawaii Pacific Health started this initiative called Getting Rid of Stupid Stuff. <laughs> I um, yeah, it's a really great name, yeah. um, where what they did was they essentially asked their clinicians what um, stupid stuff is in the EHR yeah. that can be gotten that can be gotten rid of, and so these could be things like alerts that um, were not necessary or mm. were always um, xed out of because they just weren't relevant, or it could be documentation requirements that didn't make sense, like continuing to require the documentation um, of the status of the umbilical cord in like a teenager in the pediatric <laughs> EHR. And so probably not necessary. Yeah, yeah definitely not. Yeah. Um, but just really asking the clinicians who were on the ground what existed in the EHR that was not necessary mm. and then evaluating whether they could just get rid of it. And they actually found that 86% of the items submitted could be changed um, or just gotten rid of. Wow. And so there is definitely a lot of clutter and kind of sourcing what that clutter is from clinicians who work with the EHR yeah. and then making changes is a great way to optimize. There are also other ways that people have optimized. So for example, here at NYU Langone Health, recently we had a project to look at our hospitalist workflows and look at all of the different clicks that they had to do to find information to make mm. changes for their patients. And so for example, for heart failure, they might click to see all of the notes, click through to look at their inputs and outputs and lab values, and click to see their echoes and their imaging. And so we found that they were doing just dozens and dozens of clicks every single morning just to gather information. Oh. And so we've actually recently created a dashboard that just puts all of this relevant information in one place. And this allows the clinician to just kind of scroll through the dashboard and visualize it rather than expending the cognitive energy to kind of think through how to acquire all of the information. Yeah. And so would that be an example of changing, like rather than getting rid of? Yeah, so okay. this is um, a different kind of way to optimize. Mm. Another optimization effort we've had where we're changing rather than getting rid of is we've also recently revised our note templates where for a long time we were automatically just importing all of the lab values and imaging reports to display in patients' notes every day. Mm -hmm. But this was really contributing to very long notes and note bloat. And so recently we've actually just replaced all of those reports with hyperlinks so that you can oh. still, if you want to, go look at those values, but they're not cluttering the note. That's and great. So, yeah, I think that it was a really interesting idea here to kind of optimize in that way. Yeah, There's more also, visually appealing too, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a lot easier to go through charts when the notes are not um, quite so long. Yeah, yeah. And we already go to look at the lab values anyways, and it's a lot easier to visualize them when we're looking at a set of them. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's definitely a good change. That's awesome. Yeah, um, despite, uh, or rather, um, in addition to these changes that mm -hmm. we're making, which are kind of um, across at least our internal medicine service, there are also ways that a lot of other health systems have looked at further tailoring, like specific changes. And so, for example, there was this team in Colorado that ended up deploying their informatics team to go to specific clinical units and do these two-week sprints 
where they would observe how clinicians were actually working and how their EHR was working with or against them. Mm. And then they would work with clinicians to personalize their workflows and EHRs so that they were actually better matched to the work that was going on. Wow. And they found that this really improved clinicians' perceptions of the quality of care that they were providing, their satisfaction with the EHR went up, and there was a lot less time that they were spending charting, which is great because the ultimate goal is that we're spending less time with computers and more time with patients. Right. I was going to ask that. I was going to ask that question if, because I know, I mean, everyone who's gone to the doctor knows that you get a very limited amount of time usually with your physician and maybe you want more. So is, you know, adopting digital minimalism and, you know, getting rid of clutter, optimizing, does that allow maybe the physician to have more time with the patient? Is that one, you know, benefit of doing this? That's what we're hoping. I mean, I think that in other fields and in a lot of people's personal lives, the main goal of digital minimalism has been kind of to restore sanity um, <laughs> yeah. and kind of to bring back people's satisfaction with their jobs or with their lives that they yeah. found was being eroded by the very technologies that they thought would actually serve them. Yeah. And so I think that in healthcare, kind of our equivalent of that would be by using digital technology more effectively and not being as overwhelmed by it. Mm. We would be able to repurpose that time to find more joy in our practice interact with our patients more, make more eye contact with them rather than just kind of typing away at a computer all day. Yeah, so definitely. That's what we're hoping. That's so exciting. Um, and also the third tenet, did you want to elaborate on that as well? Sure, yeah. yeah. So the third tenet of digital minimalism is that intentionality is satisfying. And this tenet is something that we tend to see as a result from kind of implementation of the optimization is vital tenet. Yeah, yeah. Where kind of as I've described, healthcare organizations that have put in efforts to optimize their use of technology have seen that clinicians have really had much higher job satisfaction, mm-hmm. that they've been able to spend a lot less time on their computers which not only has restored um, time which they can use to communicate with their patients better, but also has just given them their free time back to kind of eat lunch more peacefully (laughs) um, or not work as much after work at home. And so we're seeing that intentionality is satisfying, really is able to yield um, a lot of benefits for clinicians who have implemented digital minimalism or who work in healthcare systems that are working to proactively implement digital minimalism in their EHRs. Wow. And just, you know, hearing that, I feel like I want to implement it into my own life. And I can imagine that, you know, other people or maybe uh, especially clinicians or um, other healthcare workers want to implement it in um, the healthcare field. So where can, you know, our listeners um, learn more and how can they implement it into their own lives um, and specifically into the healthcare context? Yeah, so there are a lot of places to learn more about this philosophy and ways to implement it. So Cal Newport's book, Digital Minimalism, (laughs) um, is a pretty good place to start to understand how he was originally conceptualizing this approach for people's personal lives and for some professions, Mm -hmm. um, although he doesn't really discuss medicine. There are also a lot of AMA resources out there that um, help organizations to manage digital work more effectively. And one of the co-authors of the paper, Christine Sinsky, has really led the effort on a lot of that work. So there are some really great resources, including um, an inbox reduction checklist, which came out of some work with Atreus Health, 
and then a de-implementation checklist to understand once you've implemented technology, if it's not serving its purpose, how do you then de-implement it rather than just kind of letting it continue? Sit there, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the AMA has a lot of great resources as well. And then there's lots of academic work by researchers who are studying the impact of digital technology on healthcare. So here at the hybrid lab where we're at, um, <laughs> we're doing a lot of work on better understanding how different technologies that are implemented are changing the future of healthcare work. Mm-hmm. We actually have this NSF grant called Future of Work where we're focused on understanding how new technologies like even the in-basket with patient portal messages or newer technologies like ChatGPT and generative AI are starting to change what it means to do the work of healthcare. And we're looking at what effects those have on healthcare workers and patients and kind of how we might be able to mitigate those effects. Mm. And so lots of great academic work by the hybrid lab and others. But I think that's where I'd start for more resources about digital minimalism. Yeah, that's a great amount of resources. Thank you for providing those. Um, So as we're getting to the end here, I kind of want to talk a little bit more um, about you. You're a med student. You're going into your final year. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's um, super exciting. Yeah, and then you know someday you're going to be an awesome physician. Thank um, you. Yes. So I'm just wondering, what are you excited about for the future? You know, of medicine, of technology, and um, maybe how you see yourself using digital minimalism in your own practice. Yeah, so I think that there are a lot of ways that digital minimalism might be able to change, hopefully, my practice of medicine (laughs) going forward. I think that at the individual clinician level, there are changes that I can make to how I approach things, like setting some communication boundaries um, so that um, the different team members that I work with can better understand how we might be able to all have more uninterrupted time working instead of kind of working with a lot of messages always coming in and preventing us from kind of doing the deep cognitive work that is necessary in order to diagnose and treat patients. It's important to communicate, but I think that it's better to make sure that we're not being constantly interrupted because we have those clear boundaries than to exist in kind of this always on state. I think it's better for patients and better for providers. Yeah. And so I'm hoping to do that personally, but I also think that in terms of the work I've been doing here, where I've been doing a lot of work at the health systems level with remote patient monitoring, I hope to continue to do that work on kind of a larger level in the future where I'm working with my health system in order to understand how we can implement technologies in ways that are helping patients without overburdening providers. And so this can happen through workflow analysis, for example, to understand where the pain points are and how we might be able to make the experience better. And it's something that not just I, but I (laughs) hope that other people in the health system will continue doing. Yeah. Um, There's also policy changes that myself and others could advocate for in terms of reducing documentation requirements and making sure that people are getting reimbursed for all of the digital work that they're doing. Mm. I think that would go a huge way towards sustainability as well and also would perhaps lead to some more limitations on the work (laughs) that's being done if it's not perceived as just kind of free limitless work that people will do but there are financial considerations so healthcare systems might be more motivated in order to make the work more reasonable and restricted. Um, And I think that also collaborating with technology developers in the future could be really important so that we're designing tools that in the first place have a much higher utility to burden ratio rather than always going back retroactively and then trying to figure out how to make things better. Yeah, definitely. And so I think that working with technology companies kind of early in the design process would be really important for making sure that we end up with better technology 
And also just being proactive and working with companies that are designing things specifically reduced, that are specifically um, intended to reduce burden could Mm -hmm. be another approach for health systems to really benefit a lot. There are a lot of ambient documentation technologies, for example, that are starting to use artificial intelligence to listen into conversations and reduce note burden. And I think that that's a particularly promising and scalable approach to help clinicians spend less time with their computers and more time with their patients. But yeah, I'm just, I'm really grateful that the future of medicine is in your hands um, and you're oh, going to definitely you. change it for the better. Definitely um, not just me. <laughs> you're a pioneer, one of the pioneers. <laughs> um, and yeah, the last um, question that we always like to ask our listeners at the end is, um, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Um, yeah. So I think that my best piece of advice probably comes from my time in engineering school, mm-hmm. where I was told a lot to fall in love with the problem and not the solution. I think that as engineering majors, a lot of people get very focused in on their solution because solutions can be very technically exciting. They seem like really cool, and it seems like why would they? Why would people not want to implement this really cool thing that you built? Yeah. And I think that as a biomedical engineering major, I spent a lot of time interacting with patients and hearing about exactly why they might not <laughs> want to implement the thing that we built. Yeah. And so I think I really learned that making sure that you're not just building hammers and looking for nails, but really starting from the problem and then looking for a solution rather than coming up with a solution and then trying to fit it to a problem mm. is a really important way to approach engineering, but also medicine and life in general. Well, thank you so much, Gina. This was so great. And I'm just, I'm so excited for what's to come for you. Um, And yeah, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you so much for listening. I also want to thank Natalie Henning for editing our podcast episodes and the Hybrid Lab for their continuous support. See you next time on Health Hub.